Get up to two free months of podcast hosting service with Lipson. Use our unique promo code LATINAPOD to get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get critical audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best. They can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard here, there and everywhere with Lipson. Again, make sure to use Lipson promo code LATINAPOD and get podcasting. Hola, amigas. Mi nombre es Rita Bautista, and I am the founder of the Latina Podcasters Network, a platform created to globally amplify the voices of Latinas who podcast. I started my company because I wanted to hear the voices of my community and my people reflected back into my ears. Well, this podcast is dedicated to all of those dreamers and founders who decided that they also wanted to take a chance on themselves and create something for their community. In Empodera Latina, you'll hear stories from CEOs to social media experts, moms, tech company owners, and leaders from across the world that are all Latinas here to share their stories with you weekly. Stay tuned. Hola, amigas. Welcome back to another episode of Empodera Latina podcast. I'm your host, Rita Bautista, and today I have Rocio Garza, the content creator and social media influencer behind Risas Rizzo's. Her YouTube channel highlights the importance of embracing naturally curly hair and focuses on proper curl care for multiple generations. Her bilingual platform has gained rapid recognition and reached over more than 200,000 subscribers. As a newlywed and new mom, Rocio shares lifestyle, curls, and mommyhood in a raw, authentic way. This young Latina has been featured in Latina.com as one of the top 10 natural hair bloggers you should be following. NBC Latino as one of the 10 Latina bloggers you should be watching. And Isea as one of the top 25 social media influencers, uh, Latino social media influencers. And she's also a Tecla Award winner. And... Above all, she's actually my cousin, you guys. What? So I'm super excited to have you here today. Rocio, thanks so much for joining me. I feel like it's an honor being here. I feel like I'm super excited because I'm the first family member on your podcast, but then, you know, <laughs> just excited in general to be here. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's one of the crazy things. And I've talked about this in the past and in a couple of my personal interviews. You've been very influential in me finding my voice in podcasting and just being bold about utilizing social media because you were so unafraid and you were like the first person in our family to really take that plunge and say, I'm going to turn this into a career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, when it all started, basically it was a hobby. And so everybody was just like, what is she doing? And it wasn't until I guess everyone in the family started to see what you can actually make out of this hobby turned business is when everyone sort of you know, it's like, okay, I see where you, what you have going on here. So, yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting. So for all those listening to um, this episode, we come from a lane of entertainers. So our family entertainers, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> own Circo Maya. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and from there, we've had a lot of really awesome growth. And I want to say that 
some of our boldness comes from like you know our family members being trapeze artists and like acrobats and stuff so I wire it's in our bloodline I think to be an entertainer and but also an entrepreneur and so I think that um you know with with what I've done with Risa Risos and what you're doing with your podcast I think it's just you know it's natural it's it's who we are so tell us a little bit more about who you are. Now, I know you very well, mm-hmm. but everybody who, who's listening doesn't really know you so well. So what mm-hmm. makes Rocio Garza? It's, it's hard for me to say that. I know. It's hard for me to hear it. Well, I mean, not like in a bad way, but it's hard for me to hear it because I'm a newlywed, right? So I, even typing in my bio is like, you know, I, I want to instinctively put Rocio Mora because that's my maiden name. And I'm like, wait a second. That's not, you know, that's not part of, well, it's part of my identity identity but it's not you know I guess the new me right now so yeah yeah so what makes Rocio Garza Rocio Garza um no I'm just yeah well I guess what makes me Rocio right um let's see I have an entrepreneurial spirit right um I knew going into school and um different jobs that I had that I wanted to do something for myself to help others um, I was actually working um, as a drafter for an engineering firm for a couple of years. And um, in the wave of layoffs in what, what was it, 2015, I think somewhere around there, um, the company that I was working for, instead of laying us off, they cut our hours. So with all the extra time that we had, I took upon this hobby of YouTube because I actually lost my curls to heat damage. So that's kind of like the gist behind what Risa Risos is. Um, it's a, a space where I'm able to help others embrace their naturally curly hair because for a very long time, I wasn't doing that for myself. Um, I've always had curly hair, um, but it wasn't something that I was like in love with because growing up, I always saw people with straight hair and uh, it was the standard of beauty to have straight hair and um, curls was just kind of something that you didn't see in the media. So it's just not anything that I was really looking up to. So when I lost my curls, um, I did everything possible to get them back because I, I, I felt like I, I guess, lost a bit of my identity at that point. So um, when I was doing everything possible to get them back, you know, with all these treatments and um, following these methods and things like that, a friend of mine was like, what did you do? Like, give me a step-by-step routine or tutorial showing me what you did so I can do it and I can get my curls back too. So that's kind of how, how YouTube started for me. I did one video And in that video, I had, you know, comments and subscribers um, that I thought was family. And um, eventually I got some questions from usernames that I didn't recognize. And I thought at first it was family members recreating accounts to make me feel better. And then, you know, some of y'all were like, no, we don't have time for you in that kind (laughs) of way. So I was like, oh, these are actually people that I don't know that are asking questions that I have answers to. So let me create another video helping, you know, this person with, a question that they have about curls that I, you know, I guess have some kind of knowledge or experience on. And it just sort of snowballed into, I guess, what it is now. Um, in, I guess, a matter of a year or two, somebody realized that I was Latina and there weren't that many Latinas on YouTube creating content for curly hair or educational uh, videos around curly hair. So as broken as my Spanish, I guess, was at that time, I was like, you know what, let me do what I can, you know, whether it's for the subscribers that I had that I don't know, or even the cousins that we have, you know, in Honduras or in Mexico that are looking for tutorials and and tips in their language. Um, And I 
did the best that I could. You know, my Spanish isn't perfect, but I think that it's improved a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you've heard it really, you know, but mm -hmm. I think it's doing a little bit better. But at that time, I did everything that I could to um, to open the space to more people that are that were looking for that kind of information. That was, God, I don't even know how long ago it was. I feel like it was about seven years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago. It grew really quickly once I started to uh, create content in Spanish. I feel like the the viewership in Spanish was a lot higher in that way. And so I feel like in that moment, I sort of struggled with um, continuing the whole bilingual content on YouTube, on Instagram, doing double the work, um, burning myself out in most of the, <laughs> most of the times. Um, and then I, as cheesy as it sounds, met a guy that was fantastic and amazing and everything that I was looking for. And it, it, moved really quickly, as you know, you know, we met and within a year, you know, we were getting married, having a baby and, um, and then the pandemic hit. And I realized in that year of solitude with my new husband, that there was, like I was saying to you earlier, there was, there's so much more to talk about for me than just deep conditioning. You know, there's so much more to talk about than how to wash your hair, how to style your hair and all this stuff. It's like, I, I knew at that time that I was ready to tell my personal story and my personal journey and all the other things that I wanted to share about my personal life, whether it's, you know, family, uh, faith, travel, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly about pregnancy and mommyhood and all of this encapsulated in the time of the pandemic, you know, so I'm kind of in this journey of transitioning and rebranding and that's why I'm really excited to be on here because it's it's almost like you're the first person that's allowing me to amplify this voice of the new me which isn't really the new me it's the actual me it's just you know me stepping out into the limelight without it being all about curls I think it's really interesting to watch the transition of a person in general, especially when it's somebody so personal as like a family member, but like really seeing you step into this confidence of who you truly are and like allowing that to be totally okay. And it sounds mm -hmm. like you've gotten to that point where you're like, you know what, I want to talk about how I became the person that I am. And I think that that's beautiful yeah. that you want to, one, thank you for allowing me to give you the platform to start talking about that rebrand, but more or less also just to really see that it's not technically a rebrand. It's just allowing people to see who you are more at your core. And another thing, Rita, when I started, like I mentioned, it was a hobby, right? It wasn't something that I, I intentionally was like, let me create this platform or this space where this is what I'm going to do. And this is how it's going to grow. And it's going to turn into this business. It was a, a hobby for a good year and a half or two years, I wasn't making any money. I was just doing it for the love of helping other people. But I say that in a manner of like, I never wanted it to just be about hair, but that's sort of what it fell into. And so for a very long time, there was this like hole in me that, I don't know, it was like this void that wanted to be filled with who I really was. You know what I mean? Like I, it's, it's, it's weird to say as a content creator, because we want to be our most authentic selves. But part of me felt like for a very long time, I wasn't really being truly me, like all of me. I was just, 
another curly girl in your feed kind of thing, like showing you how to scrunch your hair and flipping it. And it was all about beauty. And I'm just like, you know, you've seen me half the time. So I look like that most of the time. No, I've got my hair in a messy bun. I'm not wearing makeup, you know, like my shirt's not ironed, you know, it's just like, I look like a hot mess most of the time, but that's the reality. And I love it. And I feel like I'm in a place now where I embrace it because it's who I really am. And so why not share that with others who maybe can find something to relate to with that? Do you think that this transition into this space has a lot to do with becoming a new mother or do you think it's just something like, oh my God. Yeah. There's something about, um, I don't know. I would say maybe something about pregnancy for me personally, there's something about pregnancy and being a mom that forces you into this role of needing to be raw. Like you have, you have to be yourself. You, you can't be anyone else for this other being that you're creating. Right. Like, I don't know if I'm explaining that right in my mind. It's, it's, I have to be just me. I can't rely on anyone else's influence or anyone else's being for me to be the person that my daughter needs for me to be. And I want to show that to her too. You know, I want to show her that she doesn't need to look at any other mirrors or any other, you know, people to influence her to be anybody other than Penelope, you know? That's a great moral to start it or moral or also like just a great standard, especially in a space right now in which people are influenced by others, other lives on Mm -hmm. social media in, in general. And this is kind of how you built up your fan base, not even fan base, but people who connect to you is because Mm -hmm. they want to see something that of themselves reflected back. That's a great thing to instill, um, especially on a little girl who, you know, will have the opportunity to see that reflected back. Yeah. And you, you learn a lot. Um, on the back end of being a content creator, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or anything, you have like the analytics that show you how you are progressing. If you're not doing well on something, it'll show you your insights on, you know, uh, follower count and engagement and things like that. And so I spent so much time in the early years focusing on the numbers and focusing on like, how can I get more followers? How can I get more engagement and all this? And like, how can I get the, the best photo and the best lighting and, you know, the best hair and angle and all this. And now it's just like last year, I realized in the middle of my pregnancy that I wanted to share about what was going on in real time. And I, I mean, on top of feeling nauseous the first trimester and not having the energy to put on makeup and, you know, get all dolled up for a video. Um, I just, I wanted to share the realness. And I've found, I lost a significant amount of followers, um, like right at the peak of my pregnancy, right, right before I had Penelope, but I also gained a good amount of followers too. Um, so it just sort of balanced out. And so in my mind, I was like, well, I lost people who maybe were just in it for the hair that were in it for the, the makeup and the, and, and, and just like this little glimpse of who I am when I turn the camera on. But I gained all the uh, these other people who are interested in the authentic side of me, on the real side of me, like the, the part of me that shows everything rather than just what I put in my hair that day, you know? So it's, it's, it's good balance. I think it's healthy to be reminded that, you know, if you see the numbers dip, 
it's not like you shouldn't take it personally because very early on I was taking personally I was like crying in my head like what is going on what am I doing wrong but at the same time it's like you there's there's light at the end of the tunnel and you know that you might lose some for one reason but you'll gain others for a much more positive reason it sounds interesting because that's also translated into podcasting as well Mm -hmm. is like a lot of people focus on the development of the audience and most of the time you should really be worried about how you come across like the most authentic self that you can be is really what truly attracts people to you right Mm -hmm. and like your audience is now transitioning from one phase of life to the next with you and you know what more beauty is there in an audience that's going to follow you through being who you genuinely are so maybe you didn't even need those people in the first place yeah 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 I would agree yeah. <laughs> shake them off. Shake them off. I know. Shake okay. those haters off. Mm-hmm. So, would you have one word that you could use to describe your personal life experience so far? I would say just transitions. You know, just you go through one phase, and if it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, you're able to transition into something that works for you, or I guess works in your favor. That's the only word that comes to mind when I'm thinking of where I am now and what I've been going through. It's just, it's just a matter of trans. Maybe also because in the last couple of years, there's been so many transitions in my life, like back to back, you know? Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> nobody, nobody <laughs> like, you know, with work and, you know, uh, my relationship and, and the baby and the pandemic. And it's just like, so much has happened in the last year. Um, but that's the word that comes to mind is just transition. You just, you go through all these changes and you accommodate and you pivot and you, 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 you step in directions that work in your favor, I guess is the only thing I can think of. Hmm. What has been your favorite transition so far? Mommyhood. Is that weird? Am, am I talking about my baby too much? Have I turned into one of those moms that just talks about my baby all the time? Should I just bring her into this podcast so she can have you the, could. Yeah, she can no, be part I of it too? It. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know. It, it, it sounds so cheesy, but yeah, I think that's been my favorite part is just, that's one of the biggest uh, or the fastest transitions that I'm trying to get used to is knowing that, you know, you only have them at a certain age for so long, you know, and, and in a certain phase uh, for so long and it's it's scary it's sad sometimes but it's exhilarating because you 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 go through one phase and you're like okay what's next you know what's 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 coming up you know she's sort of in the stage where we're she's almost walking so it's like you you do everything you can to get her past that phase but then you're like oh shit like you know need a baby proof everything so yeah I guess mommyhood right now would be thing that I'm so yeah. So you think you're growing with her at the same time, like both of y'all are growing together? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've learned so much about who I am and what I can handle with this new role in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have the patience for, what I can tolerate, and what I'm just like, you know what? I uh, I'll share something with you. And I guess it's not just with you. It's with the rest of the people who are listening right now. Like I've, <laughs> I've been, I've had to go to therapy because postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum rage, like these are serious things that I don't think that I was mentally prepared for going into this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in all these shifts and changes that we've gone through with uh, getting to know Penelope as, you know, in, in all these phases that she's in, I'm sort of like stuck in, or I was stuck in this overprotective mommy mode of like needing everything to be safe, like putting her in this bubble, not only because we had her in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that in itself was terrifying, but also, you know, I had an emergency C-section. And so I, um, I had this breakthrough with my therapist the other day because I realized that in that moment of emergency and, and going to surgery and all that, like I, I carry that weight with me of feeling like my body failed me and therefore I failed my baby. And so I have mm-hmm. to do everything to overcompensate and keep her safe. So I'm, I've finally gotten to this point where I've forgiven myself. I let go of that mom guilt and now she's just got free reign in the house and like, <laughs> you know, she can, you, you want the baby taker, you know, kind of thing. Um, so it's being a mom, it's, it's a learning experience. And I think that um, every, everything that I've learned in this new journey, I've shared. Um, I've gotten flack from some family members telling me that, you know, I maybe I overshare and it could be possible, but it, I guess having had the platform for this long and it just being in my nature to share more than what's necessary. I think I, I do that a lot now, but getting the feedback from my audience is so rewarding, not just knowing that, um, not just feeling validated and, and feeling heard and seen, but also knowing that there are other women out there that are either anticipating that phase in mommyhood or have already gone through it and can relate. And so I feel like instead of me just speaking out into the universe and not having anybody hear me, like I feel like I am not just contributing to this mommyhood community, but also I feel like, you know, I don't know, like it's, I feel welcomed. Absolutely. And, you know, think about all the people or your followers that either could potentially be going through postpartum and they don't know it Mm -hmm. or are looking for an outlet or somebody to feel like, oh my God, what I'm feeling is not just me. You continuously sharing that information could potentially be the one thing that connects them or influences them to go and seek some help. Yeah. Are you looking for binge-friendly podcasts created by Latinas or Latinx voices like yours and mine? Latinapodcasters.com is the largest platform globally amplifying the voices of Latina podcasters. To find your newest addiction in self-help, spirituality, religion, sexuality, and so much more, go to latinapodcasters.com. There are over 70 podcasts for you to listen to. And if you're a podcaster, you can also add your podcast to the directory. Go to latinapodcasters.com for more information. How do you think um, your culture has affected your life? I feel like for a very long time, I celebrated being Latina. It was part of my identity. It's something that I, it's all I knew, right? It's, it's, I didn't see being Latina as a culture. I saw it as a race. Like I saw it as like us and them kind of thing. Um, So I wanted to celebrate everything there was about being Latina. And the more that I've learned about how it is our culture, but not our race. Um, I, I went through, um, you know, the, the tour where I was 
talking about and educating other Latinas about being a Black Latina, being Afro-Latina and, and, and celebrating that part of your, um, your identity too, because as so many um, people that have Black ancestors or, you know, in, in our case, having our grandmother being a Black Latina, you know, and, and race not really being something that people who are Latino want to talk about. And then everything that happened um, last year, you know, with the murder of George Floyd and, and race being heavily talked about, um, I think, I feel like I'm going off topic. I feel like when, when it comes to like identity and like Latinidad and, and race, like I feel like there's just so much that I I want to talk about and share. And I, I feel like I sort of like lost your question. <laughs> I was just saying how culture influenced or affected your life, but I think it's really interesting that you bring up the concept of Afro-Latinidad because in our family, it's like you said, we don't talk about race mm -hmm. in our family, even though we're like basically every single color of the rainbow mm -hmm. and that blackness part of us wasn't necessarily even identified. It, it was really awesome that you put it out there on the forefront because even our family members, I think, were like, whoa, we don't talk about that. We were right. taught our whole lives to better our race. When you learn about where you come from, when you, when you are in a space where you are finally able to self-identify, I guess, is the only word I can come up with right now. Um, I think it's your responsibility to share that information with others who might not know much about their culture or about their identity or their or their race specifically their race um so i think that how it sort of like influenced me and 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 how i use my my platform is i think it's important to share that information with others that might be oblivious to who they are you know and and what their culture really is people see latinos and they they think we're all mexican you know and we're not yeah. Latinos within other Latinos will be like, oh, you know, are you Dominican? Are you Puerto Rican? And it's like, no, I'm from Chile, you know, and Chile. I have never met anybody from Chile before. Like, tell me more about your culture. Tell me more about your country. So it's pretty interesting. It's like we still have a lot to learn ourselves in mm -hmm. our own spaces. Um, and sometimes it's hard. I don't know if you have this experience, but for me, sometimes it's hard to hold people accountable to understanding who we are when it's like we're literally still trying to understand mm -hmm. who we are and accepting those parts of ourselves that we hid for so long there was a negativity that happened obviously with what happened with George Floyd but I also feel as though it opened up a door for others to really start accepting themselves and accepting mm -hmm. the things that they tried to hide from mm -hmm. yeah and, and you say hide from I I think that's a good way to put it because I think in other circumstances there are Latinos that, you know, I've had conversations with people and they're they're well aware of who they are, but aren't willing to um shine a light to it in cer in certain circles of people. I, I don't know if you've ever um you know known people like that that are that are just they're aware of their background and they would much rather, you know, like play this other role of okay well I'm around this group of people so let me you know 
shift. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all like the decolonization mindset is like once we really start to get to that point where we accept it as a community that it's okay for us to not just be like the light skin, tiny feature, European featured Mm -hmm. Latina, then, you know, we can accept it in in social spaces. And I think what I really love about the next generation of Latinos that are growing up in the U.S. now is like they are embracing their identity like one thousand twelve percent, and I'm I like, love it though. Yes. Yeah, like we we've needed that for so so long. I mean, okay, so uh, another example when I started the YouTube channel, like I said, there were maybe a handful of people who were Latinos talking about natural hair in that space. Um, now that I'm you know, I guess evolving into this lifestyle, mommyhood, still mentioning curls here and there kind of thing. Um, I'm realizing that there aren't as many mommy bloggers or lifestyle bloggers that come from Latinas that have really big numbers or followings, you know, like it's, it's, or if, if there are, you know, maybe I just haven't found them yet, you know, and if there, if, if anyone's listening and you, you know, you are a lifestyle or mommy blogger and you are Latina, like hit me up. Like, I want to be your friend kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, we need to, we need to come together as a community of Latinos and just support one another and let others know, Hey, we're here. And like you said, be obnoxiously loud and proud about being Latino. And you're absolutely right. When you're talking about like the influencer space in general, like we're starting to see this in podcasting too. Like people automatically think that you're supposed to be this Joe Rogan of podcasts. And that's Mm -hmm. the only value you add if you have like millions of followers. But the difference between their community and ours is that our listeners and our engagement of our community is so much more loyal. Like that's the one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like communicating that and making sure that, you know, I've been a huge advocate these days for like getting paid market rate or above market rate because of that loyalty factor and ensuring that people are getting paid. Throughout Mm -hmm. the pandemic, I did hundreds of free panels Mm -hmm. and recently was approached by a bigger corporation and they wanted me to do a speech. And I was like, or they wanted me to do a panel. I'm like, yeah, sure. If you're going to pay us, if they're, if you're going to pay me. And I had a whole full-blown conversation about that prior to, and then they told me that they didn't have the money in the budget. And I was like, okay, well, if anything ever changes, let me know. And I encourage everyone, honestly, who's listening, y'all, we get paid 52 cents on the dollar. It's time for us to stop taking less than, even if your audience is small. Um, From the, from the other side, as, as a blogger, content creator, um, I remember having a conversation with somebody, which I guess at that time was, was off the record. And so I don't want to mention Mm -hmm. the brand or anything like that, but she did tell me that the budget that they had for Latinas and African-Americans and Asians were far less than what they had for a Caucasian blogger. And it was just astounding. It was, I was like, but why there, give me the reasoning. And she didn't have one other than their idea or their perception that the Caucasian blogger had more, um, more, her followers had more buying power. And it's like, what? Like, did they do any research on, on who follows us? Like in our community, like who's on your, 
panel? Like who's on your board making up these decisions? Because like, do I need to bring you home to my abuelas to see like how strong we are as far as like, you know, our buying power and how loyal we are to our products? It's, I don't under, I still don't understand it to this day, but I think you're right. I mean, the more that we have these opportunities to talk with the brands, you know, the more we need to advocate for, for other people in our communities and in our, you know, line of work that look like us, you know? Companies in the future are going to have a hard time hiding from the facts that are coming out. So like recently, Nielsen is like the industry standard that people yeah. use for podcasting information. Yeah. And just in general, like their reports on the Latinx community, but specifically related to Latinas, you guys, we are, they, in our community, we are 75% of the decision makers in the households. Mm -hmm. These are real numbers. We're educating at a faster rate than any other community in the country. Mm -hmm. We have almost, um, I think it's almost like 25% above what we, we did like five years ago on gross income in the household. This is Latinas alone. It's growing at such a massive rate. We have a $1.6 trillion buying power. You can't hide from those numbers anymore. Mm -hmm. And so once we know to educate our community as well on the importance of us no longer selling our voices short or selling it for less than, they're going to have to change that percentage on how much they've spent in marketing because they spend less and gain more mm -hmm. from us. So- if you're an influencer or if you're in podcasting or if you're in any company in general and you're listening to this podcast, I urge you to look at these reports and these numbers because you could be selling yourself very short. Mm -hmm. So what's next for Rocio Garza? Rocio <laughs> Garza. I still need to get used to, to hearing that. Um, okay, so I am, I'm rebranding. I mean, like I said, so much has changed in the last year and I feel like I'm finally in a place where I I'm, I'm just, I'm happy with who I am and I'm happy with sharing about where I am. So I am, I am rebranding. Um, Risa Risos is going to be no longer. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with that. Am I going to be letting go of curl content altogether? No. But am I going to share every day what I put in my hair? No. Um, but yeah, just rebranding to more of what I want to talk about. So it's going to be focused on um, lifestyle curls and mommyhood. Um, Rocio Isabel, which is who I am. It's my name. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's everything that encompasses who, who Rocio is, you know, so you are going to see more of uh, life at home. You're going to see more of my journey in uh, mommyhood and my journey as a, a wife. Like I said, there's more to me than curls. There's always been more to me than curls. I, I, I never wanted to, uh, to just sit in that hole of a niche that I created for myself when all this started. And deep down, I, I wanted to share more. I just, I didn't know how. So it's, it's been a crazy roller coaster of a journey with how Risa Risos has been, you know, from the, from the start of just being in English on YouTube and then evolving into um, having two channels, one in English and one in Spanish, and then trying to keep up with both. And then giving little bits of, I, I, I listened to one of your um, podcast episodes on an imposter syndrome, because I've gone through that. I, I feel like I still go through that every now and then I'm like, I had to like, shut up, you know, like the inner me is trying to tell me that I'm not good enough for this space. And I'm like, I got this, you know, for so long, I heard that voice telling me 
share what you want to talk about. Someone is going to listen. But then the other part of me, the imposter syndrome in me is like, no, you're going to lose all these followers. Then you're going to lose all the brand deals. And then you're like, nobody wants to hear about what you did over the weekend. They want to know about how you deep conditioned your hair. And it's just like, you have to, you have to set that voice aside and just be true to who you are and do what you authentically want to do. Saben lo que me encanta? Escuchar podcasts hechos por Latinas con voces en español, inglés y Spanglish. Si a ti también te encantan los podcasts hechos de mujeres latinas como yo, ve a latinapodcasters.com para encontrar más de 70 podcasts que están hechos por Latinas y Latinx creators como tú y yo. Para más información, visite nuestro website latinapodcasters.com. Well, Rocío, we've gotten to la hora de poder, or the power hour. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. Bam, bam, bam. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. You have to answer with the first thing that pops in your head. All right. Are you ready? <sighs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. What was the last song you listened to on Spotify? <laughs> Coco Melon. <laughs> I had to. You don't understand, Rita. You don't understand. My baby is the boss of our Spotify playlist now. And it's the other day, the other day we were going, I don't know, we were we were driving, we were taking a long drive, and we were listening to um to Coco Melon and Lance and I were were like, no, we've had enough. There's we need to get her on some other kind of music. So we were playing playing Big Pun. We were playing some Aaliyah. We were playing some, you know, just like a, a little variety, you know, of, of things that we listen to. And um, the first couple of minutes would, or I, first couple of seconds would play and she'd listen. And then she'd just, ah, ah, ah. So we'd switch to the other song and then listen. And then, wah, wah. And it got to the point where we were just over her crying. That we were like, all right, put it back on. And it's like, Coco Melon. And she's fine. She's fine. So <laughs> Coco Melon is on repeat on my phone right now. What was your favorite meal growing up? Mm, my mom's meatloaf. We didn't eat a lot of Latino yeah. dishes. I don't know if you're, I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe, maybe your mom cooked Latino mom, dishes, but yeah. my mom, like we had macaroni and cheese and <laughs> meatloaf and spaghetti. And it's like, if you ask my mom how to make baleadas, she'll tell you she doesn't know how to make them. And it's like the simplest, you know, that's the one thing, if it's like one thing I regret from our family is like, Me why too. didn't they teach how to make Me tortillas? Too. Yes, because Lance loves, Lance <laughs> loves Latin food. And it's like, I get sorry, I can't help you in this department. Yeah. But we can buy them. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right. This is Power Hour. Remember, last okay, TV okay, show or movie that you watched? Oh, uh, oh um, I'll, okay. Okay. Anything outside of Coco Melon, I would say um, them. I I um, I know I know you said we can't we <laughs> power hour them. I saw them on Netflix. It's uh, very disturbing. I would not recommend, especially if your mom would not recommend. Yeah. What telen what telen whoa <laughs> what telenovelas did you watch growing up? Um, Marimar, um, Luz Clarita. Um, oh, but just one. Okay, I'd say mine. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite sibling? They're all my favorite. What color do you identify with? Um, 
Are we just talking about colors in general? <laughs> Are we talking about like race color? Okay, colors in general. All right. Um, I would say I would say blue. Okay. Yeah. What was your favorite class in school? Uh, English. If there were 25 hours in a day, how would you use the, le- the extra hour? Sleep. <laughs> Which is so sad. I want to do more in my day, but sleep is so rewarding as a mom. Have you completed anything on your bucket list? Uh, yeah, skydiving. We went skydiving together for your birthday. That's right. Yeah. That was threw up. Yeah. <laughs> Never doing that again. No. Nope. Nope. But yeah, that was on my bucket list. Do you have a nickname and how did you get it? Seal. Just because yeah. of Seal. <laughs> That's as exciting as it's going to get. <laughs> well, Rocio Garza, cousin, ex Rocio Mora, Reese's Rizzo's, and now Rocio Isabel. Yes. It has been awesome to have you on the show today. Uh, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in contact with you and find out? how to stay up to date with the new changes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me, which is so weird to talk about right now because I'm still in the transition of rebranding, but you can follow me at Risa Rizos, R-I-S-A-S-R-I-Z-O-S on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, and the new blog is coming out. So the rebranding is Rocio Isabel, R-O-C-I-O, Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L.com. Um, so keep an eye out for that. It's gonna be coming out around Mother's Day as a treat, Mother's Day treat to myself. So. Yeah. Oh, yay. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are listening. Yes. To everybody who is not a mom. If you choose to be a mom, happy Mother's Day to you yes. in the future. And for those who choose not to be moms, happy cool. day. It's yeah, a happy day. day anyway. Have fun Celebrate. on your Sunday fun day brunch yes. for everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Empodera Latina podcast with your host, Rita Bautista. I'm hoping that you got a chance to fill yourself up with amazing, empowering stories from Latinas like you and I. For more information on Latina Podcasters Network, go to latinapodcasters.com. We also have a directory of over 70 podcasts listed there, all made by Latina and Latinx podcasters. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all your social media platforms. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. And remember, keep it positive or don't keep it at all. Get up to two free months of podcast hosting service with Lipson. Use our unique promo code LATINAPOD to get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get critical audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best. They can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard here, there and everywhere with Lipson. Again, make sure to use Lipson promo code LatinaPod and get podcasting.